Hello and welcome to Messages at BBC. In these messages, you'll hear from professors, staff, guest speakers, as well as students. These messages were spoken and recorded on campus at Boise Bible College. If you'd like to check out Boise Bible College, please see our website at boisebible.edu. All right, good morning, BBC. Hello, friends. So, um, this semester, we, uh, or I guess this year, uh, we're talking about the Spirit, Holy Spirit. And uh, my iPad's almost about to die. That's awesome. So I'm really going to be depending on the Spirit this morning. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to be teaching you how to speak in tongues. So get ready. You ready for it? All right. Ready for some very offensive accents, because that's the only way I know how to do it. Um, so... Today we are going to be talking about the Holy Spirit as the recreator and the one who recreates us uh, from the inside out and how that is a process. Um, but before we do that, I um, just want to talk to you, uh, just share with you a little bit about my life. So my wife and I, her name's Sarah, we live in uh, Boise, and we have a little rat-sized dog named Kona. And uh, when we go backpacking, she packs in her own water and food like a champ, and uh, yeah, so uh, my, teach, my wife is a teacher, she's a fourth grade teacher over at Taft Elementary, and uh, so that's our little family right there. Uh, as Cody was saying, um, my friend Josh and I, we just started this uh, new church called Hill City Church um, over in the north end of Boise. And so as you can imagine, life is a little bit uh, exhausting. It's really exciting. Um, there's a lot of new things happening, but it is a bit exhausting, and I'm I'm sure that many of you could probably relate to me uh, with that. There, this is an exciting time, um, but also a pretty uh, exhausting time as, you know, kind of the beginning of the school year, that excitement fades a little bit into the reality of uh, blocks coming to a close, which means tests and exams and papers, and just that burden and that wearisome just starts to sink in. Uh, and then many of you are not only going to school full-time, you are working, uh, you're spending lots of time in one of the local churches around here, volunteering your time, and then maybe trying to have a social life, have some friends, right? And so um, sometimes at the end of the day, you're like, okay, have I even read my Bible? Have I even like prayed today, you know? And then sometimes at the end of the day, after all that, it feels like those things can just add to the exhaustion, add to the weariness. Um, I know for me, that's, that's how, uh, when I think back to like my freshman year, that's how I kind of thought of it sometimes. Because all day, I'm studying the Bible, which is great, it's awesome, um, but then when I'm like, you know, at night, I'm done with the day, and I'm like, okay, well, I have my Bible with me again, and I just sped read through Leviticus this morning for Mr. McCoy's class, and I'm just like, you know, it's just like I'm, I'm tired. Uh, it feels like a textbook to me. Um, but that's because I was, I was reading it informationally uh, instead of uh, reading it for uh, this purpose of recreation that we're going to be talking about this morning. But John Ortberg, a um, really great guy, um, talks a lot about the spiritual disciplines. He says that when we reach out to God, we're lifting up our souls to be nurtured and healed. This is the spiritual life, uh, to place the soul each moment in the presence and the care of God. Um, and I don't know about you, but that, 
that is uh, refreshing to me. And that is what I was wanting this whole time, uh, is this, this nurturing, this healing of my soul, um, to be in the presence of God. But I was using um, the Bible and prayer informationally and transactionally. So to get information out of the Bible and to get something from God, instead of just simply being in the presence of God. And I'd say for me, over the last three years, there's been a shift in my life to where I, uh, that has become more and more true as I've implemented more um, spiritual disciplines into um, my life and uh, not, not treating God as someone to simply just get something from, but to be with. Uh, and so this morning, um, as, we, as we progress uh, through the text here, um, we're going to talk a little bit about um, the Holy Spirit as the recreator, but then we're also going to experience the Holy Spirit as the recreator um, this morning. So, um, as we get going here, uh, when you think about the Holy Spirit as the recreator, uh, what is one of the first things that kind of pops in your mind there? Uh, for me, I think back to my baptism, uh, when I think about the Holy Spirit and recreation. Uh, when I was 16, and I'm in Milwaukee Christian Church, and it's uh, Christmas Eve day on a Sunday, and I get baptized with one of my best friends, Lauren, and uh, my dad baptizes me, and I go into the water, and the old self is crucified and buried with Christ, and the new me emerges out of the water, recreated, born again through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that, for me, that's, that's what I think of, like, man, that is absolutely when the Holy Spirit recreated me. And if you look through the scriptures, like you see that is absolutely evident. If you're looking like 1 Peter uh, 3, Romans 6, um, Colossians 2, uh, Titus 3, we're going to read that one really quickly here. Um, but it says, For we ourselves were once foolish, uh, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another, the old self, right? But... When the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. I love that, that passage. That's one of my favorite passages. Um, but it talks about the Holy Spirit recreating you and making you new and washing you clean. And that is something that is very true about you. But we live in this kind of now and not yet tension, right? Because the truth is you are recreated, but maybe after your baptism, 30 seconds later, you sin. And you're like, what the? That's not supposed to happen, right? Like for me, I got baptized, and then I'm like, cool. I guess this whole sin thing is, you know, gone. Like you don't have to worry about that anymore. And then like very shortly, I'm like, what is happening here? I'm still sinning. Um, because we are, in reality, recreated. But at the same time, there is a process of recreation. We're living into the new self. And that happens till the day you die, right? Until um, Jesus comes back, this process of recreation. And that's why these um, spiritual disciplines are so important, because they help us to engage in this process of spiritual formation with the Holy Spirit. And so, um, yeah, that if you think about, okay, how do I continue this process, right? So I know that it's already true and it already happened at my baptism when I gave my life to Christ, 
But how do you continue in that process? Uh, Well, part of that is the spiritual disciplines, uh, but maybe your Sunday school answer is something like, oh, read the Bible and pray more, right? Like, hey, how do I grow in my relationship with God? Read your Bible and pray more. Um, And those things are great, but like I said, sometimes we approach them uh, simply informationally and not for formation or for recreation, right? And so... um, and, and it's, it's okay that we approach the Bible, like, with information, to get information from it. Like, you wouldn't be here at BBC, uh, I wouldn't be continuing my education through grad school if I didn't think information was important. It absolutely is. Um, but that's not the only way to read the Bible. In fact, there is this um, ancient tradition in the church that's been around for a very long, long time that actually combines these two elements— of, of reading the scriptures and praying through them and listening for how the Holy Spirit uh, is speaking to you and can recreate you. Um, and it's this process or this spiritual discipline called uh, Lectio Divina. And I think um, Dr. Whitaker was here not too long ago and was, was uh, maybe teaching you guys, uh, taking you through this, this practice. Uh, but it's been really helpful for me because it is a different way of reading the scriptures. Uh, it's really helpful um, but for me, when I, when I hear this, Lectio Divina, it means spiritual reading or divine reading. Uh, when I hear that, I'm kind of like, is that some like hippy-dippy mumbo-jumbo, like spiritual reading? Like maybe you went down to the Hyde Park Street Fair, got your palms read, and did a little bit of spiritual reading with your tarot cards? I don't know. You know, like that's, I'm like, what is this whole thing? So since I didn't grow up with a bunch of spiritual disciplines or practices, like I like to get a little bit of research done and figure out, okay, where did this whole thing come from and start? Um, So before we actually get into it, I just want to give you a little bit of history on it, okay? So we're going to start with uh, Origen, St. Origen, uh, early church father here of Alexandria. And this is what he says, while you attend to this Lectio Divina, so pretty crazy, right? Like 185 AD, he says this, seek aright and with unwavering faith in God, uh, the hidden sense which is present in most passages of the divine scriptures, and do not be content with knocking and seeking, uh, for what is absolutely necessary for understanding divine things is a ratio, so prayer. Um, So way, way back um, in the second century of the church, uh, there is this practice that is instituted called Lectio Divina praying through the scriptures, listening for the Spirit, and thus being recreated and reformed in the image of Christ. Uh, and then there's another guy who uh, continues that practice. I want to be honest, my, this is dead, so I'm just going off of the slides here, okay? So St. Ambrose, um, uh, he taught it to Origen, or sorry, Origen, he learned it from him, and then he taught it to St. Augustine, and so it became an absolute practice in the early church. But he says, let them remember that prayer should accompany the reading of sacred scripture. So those two things together. uh, So that God and man may talk together. For we speak to him when we pray. We hear him when we read the divine saying. Um, Next, another guy named St. Cyprian, uh, which my professor made me do a very long, boring report on last year. He says, when you pray, uh, you speak with God. Uh, When you read the scriptures, God speaks to you. So there's this, there's this back and forth, right? There's this conversation. It's not just going to the scriptures and, you know, okay, well, I'm glad I learned this little piece of trivia today. No, it's God actually speaking to you. 
It's God telling you something. It's God recreating you and reforming you through his word and through listening to him, through the scriptures. Um, Next. Okay, so St. Benedict. Um, This is really where this practice uh, becomes instituted formally in the church. Uh, St. Benedict, he makes this a practice, a monasterial practice, um, and um, institutes it in, in the church pretty early. Uh, and then it's for the next about millennia, it is like the way of reading the Bible. Uh, for one of my classes uh, this week, actually, Sunday afternoon, um, we had to read basically from St. Benedict, so that, about that time period, to the Reformers, uh, and read a bunch of guys. It was honestly pretty boring, but uh, Lectio Divina came up and I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm talking about that this week. And uh, they get, they're pretty intense about it. Like it was basically, hey, if you don't read the Bible in this way, then you're not very spiritual. And uh, you might not even have the Spirit. In fact, you might not even be a Christian if you don't read the Bible this way. I'm like, wow, that's uh, very intense. I'm not like that. I don't think that's true. But uh, I do think it is one way of reading the Scriptures that is really helpful uh, in our spiritual formation. Uh, one way that has helped Christians for centuries. Even uh, the Reformers, which is kind of how we read the Bible, is how they read the Bible. They started that, right? Um, and they uh, continued this practice, right? So, enough of that. Okay, now that you know it's not some, like, weird thing that you learned down at the Hyde Park Street Fair, uh, we're going we're gonna to talk about um, how to actually do it, and then we're going to do it, okay? So, um, the practice of Lectio Divinum. First of all, it is for this purpose of recreation and formation and transformation and not simply information. Okay, It's for you to take some space, some time, and to actually rest and be with God and listen. Read the scriptures and listen. Um, so the first step, uh, there's, actually, there's four steps, but there's one uh, prior to it that uh, a lot of people implement, and it's this, this uh, practice of preparation. So you just go before God and take a minute or two to just let all those things that are flooding your mind, um, just give those up to God. Like give those burdens, those anxieties, those worries, those things that are weighing you down, and you just give them up to God. You say, okay, God, these are the things that are honestly uh, just on my mind. Um, Maybe these are some of the things that are making me anxious today, and so I give them up to you. And you prepare yourself. Okay, Spirit, I want to hear from you today. Speak to me. Uh, And then the first actual step is Lectio. So reading the scriptures, right? And so here's what you want to do when uh, you're you're doing Lectio. Maybe you do this by yourself um, this week sometime. Practice this. You don't take like an entire chapter and practice Lectio reading. You take like maybe 10, 15 verses, a short passage, and you want to read slowly through it. Okay, so not like hyperspeed, like me reading for McCoy, Leviticus. Oh my gosh, Leviticus was interesting. Next, like, um, sorry, that's, that's not true. I didn't, I actually read it. Um, but you want to read very slowly through it, and you want to find yourself in the story. Okay, you want to be looking for things that, that pop out to you, that um, stick out to you, that maybe even made you uncomfortable, and maybe that's something God is wanting to form in you and teach you. Uh, but the first step is to read it and to read it slowly. Um, the next step here is to meditate on it. So this is kind of where you're thinking about the text, right? You're reflecting on what you just read. 
and you're taking a moment to just be still before God and to think, okay, what actually did stick out to me? What kind of resonated with me uh, from this text? And then the next step uh, is uh, to pray through it. And this is where it goes from uh, just reading to an actual conversation uh, with God. This is implementing prayer and scripture together. And you pray, okay, Holy Spirit, this is something that was sticking out to me. Do you, what do you want to teach me today? Uh, this, is what's, this is what's going on in my mind. This is what's going on in my life. Is there something that you are wanting to teach me from this text right, right now? And by the way, you can address the Holy Spirit in prayer. Uh, for the longest time, it was so weird and awkward. Like, okay, Jesus' name, yeah, I can pray to Jesus. The Father, of course, our Father in heaven. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray to the Father. But it was like, Holy Spirit, like you actually say, okay, Holy Spirit, and you, ad- you address the Spirit? That was just like such a foreign concept to me for the, for the longest time. You can do that. It is okay for you to do that. And so you say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to teach me today? What do you want me to be? What do you want me to see? What do you want me to do? And then the last step uh, is very important. It's contemplation. It's rest with God. And it's so easy to skip over this step. Uh, It's so easy to to read through Scripture, maybe meditate on it, think about it really quick, pray, and and you're gone. But this is the moment that, that changes everything because you actually, you sit with the text, um, you sit with God in open heart and open mind, and you just receive. I think that has been the, the biggest uh, component to changing my spiritual life over these past few years is resting with God. Uh, a few years ago, I implemented uh, a day of rest into my week to where I don't do any school and I don't do any work. Uh, And it's honestly pretty hard because in America, we are addicted to work and to doing things. Um, And resting with God is, is actually, it truly is a discipline. It's hard. But it becomes something that is so formative in life. And this last step is contemplation, it is resting with God. And it's inviting the Spirit to speak to you in this time. And whether or not you you do hear from God in this moment, or whether or not you just receive his presence. You know, what John Orberg talks about earlier about being nurtured and healed and whole in God's presence, that is what you will experience. And so um, we're going to engage in this practice right now. Uh, we're going to end our time together by doing this. And uh, I'm just going to have uh, Micah play just a little music in the background. It helps me uh, while I'm practicing spiritual disciplines to concentrate and to focus on God. Um, and so what we're going to do first is just prepare. So I want you to just close your eyes. I want you to give up uh, just your burdens and your anxieties and your thoughts about the day. I want you to give those up to God. We say, Holy Spirit, may you speak to us now. May you prepare our hearts to be able to hear from you, to be able to experience you, and to be able to be recreated by you.
There was a man named Nicodemus. He was a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. He said, Rabbi, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants. Just as you can hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. How are these things possible? Nicodemus asked. And Jesus replied, You are a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things. I assure you, we tell you what we know and have seen, and yet you won't believe our testimony. But if you don't believe me when I tell you about earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned, but the Son of Man has come down from heaven. And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in Him will have eternal life. Take a moment and just reflect on those things. Think on those things. What stuck out to you? What did you resonate with?
take a moment for a third step and to pray. Turn this into a conversation between you and God. Holy Spirit, what do you want to teach us now? Our ears are attentive to you, Spirit. We hear from you now. contemplate on these things. God, we rest in your spirit. We rest with you. We want to be in your presence, to be nourished, to be filled up by you, to be healed, to be made whole by you. we thank you for the loving union that we have with you because of Jesus. We thank you that we can come to you knowing that you don't place heavy demands on us, but in you we have peace. In you we can give up our burdens. In you we can find rest. As we follow, as we follow Jesus, may we experience more and more of that, and may we experience more and more of you. Thank you for your spirit recreating us, transforming us, making us new. It's in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. Boise Bible College exists to raise up leaders for the church, where we value scholarship, humility, innovation, and community. For more information about Boise Bible College, please see boisebible.edu.